Hiya, welcome back. Um, I wanted to talk about grief today in a very unique form. I think sometimes we associate grief with like, oh, a family member that we were really close with passed away. You know, we lost our mom or our dad or a sibling or an aunt or an uncle. Um, and obviously that type of grief is super intense and painful. Um, I haven't lost... Um, a family member that's been super close to me yet. So I can't really even imagine like what that would be like for me, but I have lost many family members that I haven't been that close with, at least geographically close. And therefore I feel like I've haven't really been impacted that much. Like for example, like if a cousin passed away that lives, you know, on the other side of the country than you that you never really see that often to me it just never really affected me it's kind of like okay well that's sad that's unfortunate but you know moving on like I just really never thought about it for that long um even when my grandpa passed away um who I guess is probably the closest relative I've been to so far um he passed away a couple years ago and I really didn't have that big of a reaction about it either so I don't know maybe Will time will tell, but maybe I'm someone that doesn't react that much when it comes to grief. Um, but it wasn't until this year that I fully knew what the word grief meant. And personally, I feel like grief just has a lot to do with like guilt and not always. Obviously, sometimes you could just lose someone that you didn't do anything bad to them or say anything bad to them. But for some reason, you still are super grief stricken because you just miss them. So I don't want to make it sound like it's bad, but in my case, I feel like my grief was really kind of kicked off by a feeling of guilt. And I think for a lot of people, guilt could be, you know, really similar to grief in that process and that emotional um, experience. Um, I also feel like Kayla Nicole tweeted this once and was like, Grief is just love with nowhere to go. And this was after she was getting out of a relationship. So sometimes grief has nothing to do with death ex itself. Doesn't have anything to do with death itself always, but could have something to do with just loss. So I think we can grieve like a loss of a person, a loss of an experience, a loss of an opportunity, even if it's not necessarily a death. Um, so for my initial experience with grief this year, um, there wasn't any death associated with it, but they were still very painful situations for me. So earlier in the spring, um, I lost or had to give up, um, both Mr. Situationship and my dog. And those were two people that I felt were like my home even more so than I would say, like, on a higher level than I would put my family in terms of just, like, hominess and comfort and love and just feeling really just at home and comfortable with them. And I think that has a lot to do with probably the pandemic. I think whoever you were around during the pandemic, you probably got super close to because of the amount of, like, either alone time or isolation or just because there was kind of like 
this trauma bond or soul tie because we were all going through this like apocalyptic thing. So I feel like the people that were in your orbit during that time, you probably became super close with. Um, and that's how I was with Mr. Situationship and my dog. Like they were my home and having to, or like, yeah, having to learn how to like do life without them in like this new era was really, really, really uncomfortable in the beginning, specific, specifically spring of this year. I had to give my dog up um, around March or April of this year, 2023, um, because I had downsized apartments, got roommates, and they had cats. Now I only have one roommate, but at the time I had two, and they both had cats. And it was a very small um, living arrangement, and they're just, my dog was large on the larger side. And I was going to be at work and there's like more tenants in this building and more pets in this building. So it was just a mess. There was just no way that he was going to be able to be here all day, every day while I was at work with other pets in this large building that's very like active um, and has more noise. It just wasn't working out. Like he was going to, he was barking all the time and like he was just uncomfortable and I was uncomfortable, too, because I'm like, here I am trying to get my shit together. And I've got this loud ass dog barking every five seconds. There's nothing that I can do about it to get him to keep quiet. We're in this shared space. I have to go to work. I'm bleeding money. Like it was just it was a mess. So it became very clear to me that I was going to have to give him up to live somewhere else and rehome him. And. That week I had to make that decision. I knew it was coming and I knew it was the right decision at the time. I'm like, I know that this is what I have to do. Um, so the girl that was helping me in terms of like doggy daycare and stuff um, was the one that helped me facilitate or she kind of facilitated like a doggy adoption of him. Um, and when... I essentially gave gave up the care to her to find a new suitor. Um, like I said, that week it made complete sense to me because it was like there's I have zero money for him anymore in terms of like shots, doctor's appointments, doggy daycare because that was the other thing. It was like now that I was back at work, he was going to have to go to doggy daycare because he couldn't be by himself all day. And I didn't want him to be in his crate for hours and hours and he was just barking. He was just kind of miserable towards the end because there was no space anymore we had all this space during the pandemic when it was just like me and him in this house to ourselves, and we're at I'm at home every day with him and like I'm only going out like maybe every other day or every couple days at night and now it's like I'm in a smaller space and I'm at work every day and it was just a big change for him going from having all this space and time to not having the space or time or the money so he wasn't happy I wasn't happy and I knew that that is what I had to do but after I did it maybe a couple weeks after um or like a couple months no maybe like a month-ish after I started getting little pieces of grief started following me and I think it was it was obviously guilt of like why didn't I manage my finances better so that I could have kept my dog I let him down why did I let him down how could I do that? 
how could I take him from a life that he knew with me and now force him to be in a life with somebody else that he doesn't know and take him out of his core memories and make him have to go make all new memories somewhere else. So I was really beating myself up badly about it. And before it got to the point of very specific guilt, it was just like being sad and missing him and feeling really uncertain about where he was. Like, where is he? Where is he doing? Like, um, is he safe? Is he mad at me? Does he miss me? Like, I remember specifically feeling these feelings like in the shower and like I would just cry or I would like picture him in the bathroom with me and like what I would want to say to him or what I would want to tell him and like just started getting really, really sad. Um, and then maybe like a month after that, it started getting really more specific of like, why didn't I have money saved up for my dog? Why didn't I manage my money better? Like just feeling really, really guilt, guilt and grief stricken. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how that happened. Um, and I think for me, the biggest things of why the grief was getting so compounded was because one, I felt guilty and like embarrassed and like I let him down and I kind of felt like I let my family down too because they had got pretty attached to Billy, specifically my parents. So I just felt like now I've taken this person away from all of us. I mean, this dog away from all of us and we all have these great memories with the dog. So that was really hard. And then my mom was trying to be helpful and she would like send me cute pictures of like all the fun things that I used to take Billy to do and like the cute little like outfits and toys he had. And she'd be like, you know, you did your best. He lived his best life. Um, but I just still felt like, oh my God, I made such a big mistake and like I could have did so much better by him. And then you just start feeling regret of, oh my God, I regret the day that he was in his crate by himself when I was at work. Or I regret the day where he was just been bored and laying in my bed all day when I sh could have been, you know, doing something else with him. Or I regret not buying a house sooner so that he could have had a big backyard. Like you just start feeling bad about every single thing. And I think that part of it is similar to how it is when someone you love passes away. There's some people that don't have dogs that are going to be like, oh my God, how could you even make that comparison? And that's how I used to feel before I had a dog. I'm like, people be tripping when their dog dies or when they lose a dog or whatever. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a dog. But once you get a dog, you fall so in love with your dog and they become so like such a big part of you, at least for me, that it does feel like a death. It's crazy. And anyway, so... But it was weird because I felt like if my dog had died of natural causes, because I'm such a like faithful and spiritual person, I feel like that would have been easier for me to digest versus the way that I had to give him up of like, I made a mistake and now I'm having to like deal with the consequences of the fact that I don't have discretionary income left over to take care of my dog and that's on me and I'm the reason that I'm in this pain. And having to lose him. Like, it's not because of a natural existential thing that happened. It's because of me. So, like, that was my hardest, like, like, um, what's it called? Like, my hardest, like, thing to digest and come to terms with. Um, so yeah, so that's how that was. And then losing Mr. Situationship around the same time, um, or, calling it quits or whatever. I feel like the reason why that was so grief stricken for me 
um, is just because of the fact that I just got so, so comfortable with this person. And I think in your head, especially as a girl, I mean, any girl worth their salt, the second they're intimate with someone, they're wanting it to work on some type of level. No one wants anything to be temporary. I feel like for the most part, pretty much every girl wants their relationships or situationships or whatever they're in to last and work out and one day lead to a long-term committed marriage or have kids with the person or something. I feel like that's in the back of the mind of most girls because women were not very like temporary people. I feel like for the most part, women are like, we build homes and we build lives and like, we're, we're like long-term people. At least I am. I feel like most women are, but I can only speak for myself. I feel like I'm very much a long-term person. So I think in the back of my, my mind, I was always hoping like, okay, well, one day, like this person will re- like realize what he has and he's going to like calm down and settle down and, you know, we'll settle down together and we'll end up together at some point. Um, and eventually we will have a kid together and get married. Like, this is what I had told myself. And I think, I understand that logistically it probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but emotionally it made a lot of sense. Um, and I think part of that is like projecting your romantic fantasies onto somebody else. Sometimes it has, maybe it has nothing to do with the person. Maybe that's just your fantasy that you have. That That's the romantic story that you want to have with someone, whether it's that person or not. Or maybe it could be the pressure of like some type of timeline of like, oh, well, I'm a certain age. So like, I would assume that this person's the one and we're going to settle down because we're almost 30, you know, and like realistically that doesn't matter at all to me now but this is where my mind was at the time so once that ended I felt super super gutted and jilted obviously one because you feel like betrayed by like all the drama or whatever but you also feel like oh my god this is the end of an entire era for me like it was three years with the dog four years with Mr. Situationship it just felt like the end of an entire era for me and an era that I liked for the most part and felt comforted by. So like kind of giving that up, it was just really depressing because I'm like, how am I ever supposed to find like comfort again and find love again and like find a home again when I just essentially gave up my home due to circumstances that I guess were in my control, but just felt very limited option wise. Um, and it just felt really hopeless. Like now what, you know, like those were the, that was the closest shot I had at starting a family. It's kind of where my mind was like, now what I'm going to start all over with like a random new person in a new city. Like it just felt like, are you kidding me? So I think that was like the depressing part of it. And then there was a lot of guilt and grief at things that had been unsaid with Mr. Situationship because at the time earlier in the year, I hadn't had all those clarifying conversations with him that I have had now. So it felt really just like open and like, um, not even open, but like just lack of closure and just like that it it just felt like angry and like dramatic, but without an ending. And now I feel more like I have closure and like that it's more like calm and like peaceful. But at the time it was just really hard because I'm like, what? I just feel like I'm getting like left behind and like I'm stuck like living life by myself now. And like these two people that I'm really close with are no longer here. I keep referring to my dog as a person. I don't know if that's problematic or not, but so yeah. Now here's how I overcame all of that. First of all, 
I was so grief stricken by Mr. Situationship that I had literally went to church that day and went to the front of the altar and was asking for prayer about it. Why that is notable is because one, I'm a Jesus lover and I do love going to church and I love God, but I do not like going to the front of the altar for prayer. I feel like it is not even embarrassing, but I just feel like it's dramatic. I only go if it's an emergency. Like in my 29 years, I've gone through so much shit, but I've only gone to the front of the altar like maybe three times like for prayer, specifically when it's like it's just you in front of everybody because I just feel like it's so extra. But I was in so much pain that I literally went after um, everything ended. I went up to the front of the altar after church and was like, I'm heartbroken. And like, here's a little bit of the reason why. And I felt like it was super humiliating. Um, but I did feel a lot better um, after kind of letting her in on my little secret, I guess, that I was holding on to. And that was kind of the start of the healing process. Um, but I still felt like a lot of emotions overtaking me. Like every day I kept thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And really the only ways that I feel like knowing now how I grieve based on my experiences, obviously it will change depending on what in my life I'm losing or has been taken or has passed away. But based on what I know now about how I grieve, I would say, and again, it could vary person to person, or it might even vary with me throughout my life. But based off of this year, I feel like the key things for me that helped was one, getting busy. Like when I was able to stay busy, it would keep my mind off of it quite a bit. And then two, when your emotions come, and for me specifically, they come in the mornings, there's like, I have two hours of like thoughts and emotions every morning. And they're like powerful thoughts and powerful emotions. And it's not necessarily depressing. They're just like deep thoughts and deep feelings. So I've kind of just allowed myself to take the space of like, one, try to be busy, try to be productive in a healthy way. But two, when those feelings start coming, give them their time and give them their space. So I literally let myself in the mornings now just feel all the things I'm feeling. Most of the time I just sit there and maybe I'll just think and just sit there and think or I'll sit there and maybe I'll start praying or I'll just like turn the music on. But I'll just allow myself to just sit there or lay on my bed and just have all those feelings until they kind of go away. So I let them just swirl around and be there because obviously they're not really going anywhere. So I just address them. And then the third thing that I do or that I did that really helped me finally kind of get past a lot of this stuff was allowing myself to create something all over again. So there's a podcast, um, a Goop podcast with Gwyneth Paltrow. I know everybody hates on Goop, but I actually love Goop and I love Gwyneth Paltrow. And I'm happy to be doing something similar for a different demographic. But there's a good podcast with Gwyneth Paltrow and this girl, Elizabeth. Um, I'll find the name right now. But Elizabeth, and she's talking about how you can get creative with your grief. And it's really inspiring because I feel like that's what I had to do to finally heal. Like, granted, the staying busy kind of gave me, like, some momentum and motivation. The allowing myself to sit with my thoughts gave me some type of, like, I guess, direction of like what I'm feeling next and what my next stage of grief is. Um, but then when she, when I heard her say that, the creativity part, that kind of gave me like my full healing and moving on era. Because to me, that was saying like, 
okay, you're sad, something bad happened, but now you're going to create something new. And I think allowing myself space to, her name is Elizabeth Gilbert. That's the one that said that. Allowing myself space to recreate amazing memories. And I think a lot of the pain was, I will never feel that good again. or I'll never feel that comfortable again. Or I'm never going to, you know what I mean? Like you're just, you keep telling yourself like, that person or that opportunity or that thing was my only hope at blank. So for me, I felt like, okay, that was my only hope at starting a family. And that was my only hope at like being happy and comfortable. So that's what was keeping me in that state of grief. Now I've allowed myself after having clarifying conversations and coming to terms with everything I was feeling and being honest with myself and the people involved. Now I'm at a really beautiful transcendent position where I'm like, you know what? I will recreate the same, if not better, beautiful memories with my next partner or my next pet or my child in the future or whatever it is. I will feel good again. And I will also keep the memories of those people that I've lost fondly in my heart. And this this goes for anything, you know, a friend that you lost, um, a job, whatever it is. If it meant something positive to you, you can keep that in your heart still. Just because it's not right in front of your face anymore doesn't mean it's lost forever. You can say, wow, I had a really amazing love. It was a beautiful experience. It was amazing being loved like that. And unfortunately, I can't be loved like that anymore in that capacity by those people. But somebody will love me again. The same, if not better. Because the world and God is very rewarding. And we don't lose things forever. If we're, you know, on our right path and we're doing good and you have good intentions, love and good things are always going to continue to find you. So when I was telling myself that, that was a game changer for me. And also, it's going to sound really silly, but when I was creating my website and creating my podcast and writing again, that act of creativity gave me healing and brought back like positive energy to me. And it allowed me to kind of start my new era and my new journey and just give myself proof of there's beautiful things at the tip of my fingertips that I'm creating and that I have access to. And like I'm putting good into the world and good is going to continue to find me also. And that is really how I ultimately healed from my grief. Um, So I want to also just share the seven stages of grief before I end this podcast. And again, I know I didn't dig that much into like if you did lose a family member due to death. So if that is the case, um, I am so sorry for your loss. But I do think that maybe some of the things that I said might be at least a smidget helpful. Um, But if you are recovering from a breakup or losing a pet or rehoming a pet. Um, I hope that this resonates a little bit with you. Also, the seven stages of grief is one, denial, shock and denial, two, pain and guilt, three, anger and bargaining, four, depression, five, the upward turn, six, reconstruction and working through, and seven, acceptance and hope. And I feel like I definitely felt all those things. And I feel like I'm now am definitely um, going into my stage of just like recreation and hope and moving forward. And I feel really good. Um, I also wanted to go back to just a second of when I was talking about the breakup, because 
I think the reason why that triggers grief for women, especially maybe like women of like certain age brackets um, and divorces too, I think that can trigger grief because you almost feel like I'm losing like the family that I thought I was supposed to have or I'm losing like the wedding I thought I was supposed to have or the marriage I thought I was supposed to have or the version of life that I came up with when I was a little kid or that I saw in movies. So I want to let you know that there's ways to like kind of get past that. For me, I definitely went through that. and I'm like, oh, my God, like now, you know, what chance am I going to have now starting over now? I don't feel like that at all now. I feel like I have plenty of time. The chances of me not finding someone in the next five years is actually super slim. There's way greater chances of me finding finding love than than that than there aren't. So I don't feel negative about it at all. But I feel like right after right afterwards when you are in your shock and denial, you do feel like that and you are like, oh my God, I'm never gonna find this again. Um or you feel like it's too late. Or you might even feel like I felt when you're like, you know what, I don't even want kids anymore and I don't even want to get married anymore because like everyone's just going to hurt me. So be careful when it comes to that slippery slope too. One thing that I will say was helpful to me is I did break up with a fantasy and a narrative that I had in my head about marriage and kids that I felt like was very helpful. And I felt like, you know what, I'm the prize and I can create whatever I want, wherever I want. I don't have to like wait for someone to give me these moments that I'm like baking and pleading for. So that's a very helpful, um, like enlightenment to have and acknowledgement to have. Um, and then also sometimes you feel like guilty for moving on. Like you might, for me with my dog, I'm like, will Billy be mad at me if I ever get like another dog and I treat that dog good? Like, and that dog ends up getting like the house and I have like more money. And like, is that fair? Like for that dog that I didn't give Billy that life. So if you start feeling like stuff like that, just know the best thing that you could do for your pet that you had to rehome is for you to get your shit together and start living your absolute best life and make them proud. And for whatever reason you gave them up for, make that reason like make sense. So if if you had to give up your dog because you had to go to work, make going to work make sense, make it productive, make it useful, make it important. If you had to give up your dog due to finances, get your finances in order. You know, make all of those reasons matter and like make your dog proud. I have a picture of my dog in my room and I have on it, make your dog proud, make Billy proud, make me proud, mom. That's like the type of stuff I tell myself. And then also when it comes to the uncertainty of like, is he safe? I have no way of knowing. I just pray over my dog and I just know that I instilled really good values in him. Like if... If there's anyone that's a spiritual dog, it's my dog, Billy. He literally has a cross on his chest. So I just know that he knows how to pray. And I also pray over him. And I just pray that he's doing amazing. I love him so much. And I think this is part of grief is just like kind of bidding farewell and sending love and light every time you think about them and then dropping it. That's from Eat, Pray, Love. It's in such an amazing movie. The girl on Eat, Pray, Love, Julia Roberts. He's like, oh my God, I miss him. I miss him. And she's talking about her ex-husband and her boyfriend at the time. And she, and he was like, every time you miss him, just miss him. Send them light and love every time you think about him and then drop it. So I think that's what I'm doing now with um, my dog, Billy. I love him. I hope he's doing amazing. I hope he's going on runs every day. I hope his new family is giving him a better life than I ever could have. 
and I hope he's just so happy and feels so free and like gets all of his energy out and just feels so loved and spoiled and just gets every single thing that he could ever want. Um, and I hope that if that's not the case for him currently, that it will become the case for him. And I just pray that he continues to be like so loving and having a great heart and just also can continue to like put his good spirituality into place and like pray over himself and govern himself and protect himself from anything negative and just really have a beautiful life. And then as far as Mr. Situationship, I wish him the absolute best. I hope that he can find a girl that he doesn't have to um, like lie to or change himself to, or I feel like he's able to hope that he's able to just find someone he could just be his like full self with that understands every part of him um and doesn't want to change anything about him and that he feels the same way and just find someone that he is super content with and there's just no issues and it's just easy and simple and awesome and I have so much love and wish him the best as well um so there you go that's kind of your example of how you can just send someone love and wish them well and let it go Thanks, guys.